Welcome to Is Many As A Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who wants to kick my butt. Josh Hemo. I thought I was keeping that a secret. Till the next no. time I see you in person. Surprise attack. I, I mean, telling my family is really not keeping it a secret. They're the one that encouraged me. Oh. Sounds like them. Anyways, <laughs> we're watching Season 3, Episode 3, The Bully and Just One Bite. Act one, just one bite. If you hadn't been paying really close attention to the intro, which I'm sure you did because it was only two seconds ago, you will realize that I introed the bully first and then just one bite. But it turns out this is one of those weird episodes where there's a whole deleted scene, Josh, that this current version of the episode doesn't have anymore. Oh, really? Did yours have the deleted scene? I don't think so. Well, we'll figure it out when Ooh, we get to act, when we get to act two. So, anyways, when they took out that deleted scene, they flopped them. But a lot of streaming services still have it listed as the bully, and then just one bite. Even though after the deleted scene was taken out, you know, just one bite. You want to guess what the deleted scene was? Hmm. Is it? You say it's in act two. Is it in? Uh, the actually, well, it's in just one bite. Oh, it's just in one. Oh, is it him exploding? No, right. It's just oh, no, before it's the, he explodes. It's, it's the, uh, there's like a booby trap or something, right? Yeah, so in the yeah. version you watched, because Josh watches it in a very sneaky way, in the version you watched, was it he wasn't the booby there. trap? Mm-mm, but I've heard of it, yeah. The weird thing is, is I completely remember the booby trap. Me, me too, yeah. So we'll talk about the booby trap in the deleted scene right after this quick synopsis. So if you haven't seen this episode, which, go watch it, I don't know what you're doing. In this act, Squidward mentions that he has never eaten a Krabby Patty, and so SpongeBob pretty much pressures him into trying one. And then after one tiny itty bitty bite, you can say after just one bite. See what <laughs> I did there, Josh? <laughs> Squidward falls in love with Krabby Patties, but spends kind of like the rest of the episode pretending not to like them until eventually he breaks into a patty vault and eats all of them, and it all goes to his thighs, and then he blows up. So this deleted scene, Josh, mm-hmm. is crazy. Yes. I remember it really perfectly because it's literally when he was about to break into the patty vault, he puts, there's a bucket over the door and then he opens the door and he's like, oh, this is our security system. It's water. And then he's like, wait, this is gasoline. And then it lights on fire and lights Squidward on fire. I'm screaming and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it does it twice too because he opens the second door to the actual kitchen part. And then, uh, yeah, so they cut that out. Apparently, they thought it was too graphic. Mm. Which is funny, because they keep him exploding anyways, and, like, literally in pieces at the end. Yeah. And in the episode prior, like, last week, he fell down an entire hill, like, head first, and exploded. And exploded. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's because it's, like, we're going to light this gasoline on fire, and then it will explode. Mm -hmm. Ha, 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 that's really funny. Whereas, like, to a child, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense. It makes too much sense. It's like, oh, I light gasoline on fire. Huh. I'll blow up and I'll be funny too. I also wonder if there is like something relevant that happened on the news or something ring that they had to like, oh, this is too much. Like, I want to cut this out. Well, it kind of said it on the wiki, and I don't know if they were referring to the old, the other episode because uh, the episode where SpongeBob isn't finishing his essay, they also cut out. Um, like a random mon- part of the montage mm-hmm. 
And they said it was because of 9-11 they cut that one out. But I don't know if it was this one or the other one. It might have just been like no one wants to see stuff exploding. Well, according to this, this aired October 5th, 2001. So 9-11 kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of things changed after that time. So A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in cartoons, it rippled out. Yeah. So uh, let's get back on track. This really big question I want to ask you is, why do you think Squidward hasn't had a Krabby Patty? I think it's like the same mentality that I've talked to other friends who worked in fast food. I think they avoid eating the food that they serve. I think it's hard once you start working in the kitchen of like a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Taco Bell be like oh man i really want to try this fat the food here because you know what happens behind the scenes you know yeah but i don't know i think it's kind of weird because i mean i wouldn't i don't know a lot of people who work in fast food who haven't at least had one item on the on the thing on the yeah, menu like yeah, i can't imagine yeah. like someone at, at in and out being like i have no idea what a burger tastes like i get yeah i guess that's true that they've eaten there before but i wonder I guess we don't really know when Squidward started working at the Krusty Krab. If it was yeah. like soon after he had an open situation, so he never really got around to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's a good question, though. Because that was that was bugging me the whole episode. I was like, why wouldn't he have had a Krabby Patty? You know, his whole thing about not trying Krabby Patties and stuff kind of reminded me of the people who like don't want to try stuff just to like spite other people because the other people like it you know it's they're like they're too oh, yeah. cool for it so it kind of struck me as that a little bit and squidward is for sure that type of person who's like nah i'm not going to do this mainstream crap because everyone else is doing it you know it makes sense plus i'm sure he's like very healthy or something doubt it <laughs> it's a salad every once in a while I do like SpongeBob's reaction with I've never had a Krabby Patty where he goes through like the dictionary. He's like, can these words be used in a sentence <laughs> together? Yeah. And also right after that, it was like when the people pop up and they're like, only people who are the only people who don't like Krabby Patties are the ones who haven't tried them. Like, where do they all come from? Do all those people just hang out at the Krusty Krab all the time? Yeah, they're just, they love it that much, man. Or do you think SpongeBob summoned them to prove a point? We haven't really touched on good like godlike powers in a while, but maybe that's that. And there's right before that, when Squidward first says it, he launches that patty straight through the ceiling. Like, that takes some serious strength. I got one for you for Act 2 about godlike power. Ooh, I'm ready. It's a little I'm foreshadowing. Um, I do like the whole green eggs and ham sequence where he's like, do you want to eat it here and here and here? And then he's like, why would you think it's more like appealing, appealing in the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> It was so disgusting. But let's talk about Squidward's small, tiny little uh, horse teeth bite. I love that. I love that um, frame so much. Yeah, it's just one of my favorite frames from SpongeBob in general. It does like 100% stick in your mind. Like I still remember that from when I first saw it. And because it's one of my favorite frames, but it also like perfectly encapsulates how like you feel when you're trying something new yeah, for the first time yeah. where you're like, I don't don't want this at all. So I'm gonna do like the bare minimum. It reminds me of like a lot of the celebrities on hot ones. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, when they're taking little bites of the chicken wings and stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're like, Oh yeah, I took a bite and it's like a little little tiny little baby bite. It's enough for them to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> or snorting <Maybe>. milk. <laughs> Most of them are actors, so they're 
they're all faking it. Fakes. Oh, sure, it's very calling them out. Hot, hot and very, <laughs> very um, oppressive. Um, I like that um, when SpongeBob's trying to convince Squidward, he's like, "No, no, 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 no." Your Krabby Patty is an absolute good. Like, as if it's, like, the most pure thing in the world. Like, I didn't count that line before, but I thought it was really interesting how the Krabby Patty to SpongeBob is the most, like, purest thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote that down as well. Yeah. I was like, and that is a very specific phrase to say. Yeah. Like, the Krabby Patty is an absolute good. It's not, it is absolutely good. It's an yeah. absolute. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, it is, like, it's on the opposite of sin. Yeah. What's the opposite of sin? <laughs> Krabby Patty. <laughs> Krabby Patty. <laughs> when you go to heaven, it's just full of Krabby Patties. Speaking of heaven and hell, that whole sequence of like, the Krabby Patty, it's good for your soul. And Squidward, Squidward's like, oh, please. I have no I have soul. No soul. <laughs> I love that. that. Is, <laughs> it's such a great, again, like this episode in general has a lot of like really great frames. Um, another one is uh, Squidward's unsure face. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, <laughs> uh, I actually found out that they uh, named the unsure face, oh, which they? I had no idea. And it's, I have no idea where it was from, but this is what the wiki said. And when I Googled it, that face showed up. It, it's Skodward, S-K-O-D-W-A-R-D-E. Huh. Skodward. That's weird. Does it explain why they named it that? No idea. It just says, Squidward's disgusting face following him saying, does this look unsure to you, has been given the name Skodward. <laughs> Skodward. It's, it's, uh, I was like, that sounds like a really specific name, and I want to know its origins. So if anyone knows the origins, go ahead and shoot us a tweet or something. <laughs> um, have you ever experienced that level of falling in love with the food though like so much show so that like you go crazy like squidward did like he was licking sand he ate garbage he was like crying like this is probably the happiest i've ever seen squidward ever for yeah i definitely liken it to like some type of addiction drug addiction 100 <laughs> percent um i've never personally experienced that like i've definitely had food where i'm like this is the best food ever and i eat a lot of it but i like I don't think I've ever had food where I'm like, I would eat this out of the garbage. Yeah. I don't think I've experienced that either. Yeah. Which maybe means I've never experienced true happiness like Squidward has. Probably not. Just sad. I mean, <laughs> his life was, uh, you haven't experienced absolute good. That's what I did. That's it. Someone got to find me some absolute good out there. <laughs> you got a, you got a hint. Let me know. Yeah. Gonna, although I did in Puerto Rico, I have some white, small white bean soup that I would really like to try again. White bean soup. <laughs> yeah, again, it sounds like whatever. Like, oh, cool, like soup. And then all the Yelp reviews were like, you have to go eat this white bean soup. And I tasted it, and I was like, yo, this is actually really this good. This is the absolute good I've been searching for my entire oh, I life. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but it did have truffle <laughs> oil on it, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then it was funny because I think I told Fatima about it, and she was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I think the next... The next time they went out, they went to that restaurant and she tried it and she's like, it was actually really good soup. <laughs> and I, I, I like food like that. That kind of like sneaks up on you where it's like, I don't know if uh, it's like, I don't know if it's that good and you eat it and you're like, oh God, this is. This is to die for. This is to die for. <laughs> um, speaking to die for, all these segues, um, <laughs> why do you think it is that the Krabby Buddies make Squidward blow up? 
Like, I've never really understood what it is that about the crab patty that makes them blow up. Do you think there's, like, some sort of chemical compound in there? Does it you think it has to do with the radiation that we've talked about, maybe, in Bikini Bottom? I also wrote that down, is what makes Krabby Patties explosive? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would like to think, if we're going to make it real scientific, right? So he eats it, but he basically swallows them whole, and then they go straight to his thighs, and then they blow up. So I'm thinking maybe... There's something in your thigh that has to like interact <laughs> with the Krabby Patty <laughs> and then it you blow up. My good old thigh organs have to break it down. You're it, like <laughs> maybe it's like a some fat in your thigh, thigh muscle. Is there a specific thigh based <laughs> protein some science people can whip up? Some or... nutritionists out there let us know. <laughs> yeah. Cause obviously Krabby Patties do not or, well, I would say food isn't digested in your thighs. But Krabby Patties might be. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's something it's special secret. about them. They go straight to them thick thighs. Those and thick thighs. Then you're messed up, you know? <laughs> why do you think there's a vault of Krabby Patties, though? That was another thing I was figuring. Yeah. I was trying to figure out. I was like, why would you need a vault? It makes them fresh every day. So I don't really understand the point of having a giant vault full of them. Unless they're, like, special. They're, like, special patties of some sorts. And then also, why would you count all the sesame seeds? Yeah, right. Do you think that's part of the actual job? Or do you think SpongeBob's just his like normal eager beaver self? I don't know. I think it's SpongeBob's eager beaver self, but like I Mr. Krabs sure, certainly gets his like the bang for his buck for SpongeBob. Maybe Spon- he's he's coming in at 3 a.m. Yeah. Even if the Krabby Patty closes at like 6:30. You know, like we'll say sundown. Like there is one place here in New York called Lenwich that I get so mad because it closes at like six. So like when you're like done with stuff and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go get a, like a bite to eat at dinner, and it closes so early, <laughs> and I'm like, why? So even if that happens, you're telling me that SpongeBob after six o'clock, he's like, I'm gonna go home, do everything, and then get up at three a.m. I mean, I'd believe it. I would believe SpongeBob would do that. I don't. This know. is his dream it's- job, right? Yeah, but I just. Well, I, I, that's another thing. In the in the second, second half part, of this, oh yeah. man, there's so many things that I don't reference. Know. Yeah, we'll we'll talk yeah. about that. I know what you're talking about. We'll bring it up. So I don't know about you, but I had very much a very very strong feeling of sexual overtones in this episode. Oh, I didn't catch on to that. I definitely okay. caught on to like the drug abuse overtones <laughs> that were blatant here. I didn't catch the sexual ones. Like, what did you, what did you see? Okay. So there's two things. So like he has like a wet dream about this Krabby Patty. Oh yeah. Like, and I don't know, I've had some good food, but I've never had good food where I'm like dreaming about it and married, married and it. Kids. And grow yeah. old together. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing is the very end where the guy's like, I remember my first Krabby Patty. Like, it sounded very much like, oh, I remembered my first time doing <laughs> blank. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I guess I could kind of see that. Yeah. Maybe it's just me being a, a depraved pervert. You need to get laid. <laughs> 100%. No, but it was, for me, it was very weird because he's like, I don't know, the guy, the way he says it yeah, is very Yeah, it was unsettling. much like a, like a kind of weird dude moment that he's trying to share with Squidward. And I think yeah. another thing, too, is like a lot of the times when you are in social circles, like discussing sex and the, like, let's say, like, I think, Anal is the most like common one. They're like, well, how do you know if you haven't tried it? 
you know mm-hmm. they're like oh how do you know if you like that or like or not and like i i hear that a lot and when i heard spongebob being like well you don't know you've never tried it like kind of thing and then with the bookend it was it was that at the start being like oh you've never tried this before and then the the middle of the weird sex dream and then the third part where he's like oh i remember my first time you know yeah that made it for me i was like what sexual overtones are you trying to put in here? <laughs> okay, I could definitely see that. I also see that being applied to like, to like drinking and alcohol and stuff. Because I know there's like friends who in college wouldn't drink until I finally like you pressure them enough. You're like, oh, you gotta try it. You gotta try it. You got and they do, and then they slowly just become alcoholics. So, <laughs> did you do that to your friends? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe not. Are you are you the people the dare commercials warned me about? Probably hundred percent. I need to keep my distance <laughs> from you. All right. So there is so much in this first act. Um, one thing I really like picked up on was, well, the one, the one thing I really, really enjoyed that, which actually had a lot of little like small lessons in for it for me is when SpongeBob thinks he's failed to convince Squidward about like the Krabby Patty where he's just like, he basically gives him this entire, um, what's it called? script where he's like oh like i'm i'm apologizing for being so like basically pushy yeah yeah yeah. and that was one thing that like really stuck out to me because even in that little montage like it's in the background but you can hear him saying like you know there's not gonna or not everyone's gonna like what you like and stuff like that and like in that little section there is so much good like small lessons being squeezed in there but like it's all subconscious because he basically apologized for being so pushy um being that being like oh not everyone's gonna like what i like and that you can disagree and still accept people which i don't think that works for everything but it works for a lot of things where you're like yeah. you know i i feel like i'm pushy a lot when it comes to like people trying new things like i definitely like my parents when it comes to like food i'm like come on you should eat this and they're like well i don't know i don't know if i should try that because they're very much set in their old school stuff yeah i think it's uh particularly hard to not be pushy especially with friends and stuff because you want them to like the same things that you like so you guys like have to share something in common so you'll share like music videos or music or food or movies whatever else and it kind of sucks sometimes when they're like not that interested in it but i think it's good to realize like not everyone's gonna be the same and that's actually what makes some friendships and like relationships and whatever whatever it may be stronger are those differences so it's got that's a good thing to keep in mind and i think that's something that I think SpongeBob has a hard time with for sure is. And what's crazy is he says it specifically. He says, Squidward, I just wanted you to be happy. Yeah. And then it goes on when Squidward starts like, you know, looking at the patty, he says, but I think what I was trying to do was make myself happy. That's which is so deep and it's buried so deep in the episode and so deep in like the, the interaction. And it's such a shame because like you could put that on a fucking poster. Yeah. Like on a wall. It's just like, Sometimes you're trying to make yourself happy and not other people happy. Yeah. You know, but you're forcing other people to do that. And I definitely, like you were saying, like you you introduce people to stuff that you really enjoy and then it just kind of like, it's more for you than it is for them at yeah. that point. And it, and it certainly does suck. Like you do it to make you happy and when it doesn't work out because they're not interested, like it does definitely suck. It makes you like kind of question like, oh, am I actually, is this thing actually that cool? And like, it's better for you to kind of just, except that we're all unique people. And I think if SpongeBob would have done that, maybe Squidward wouldn't have blown up in the end. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although in the end, SpongeBob was right. Yes, that is true. We had that iconic like, like you like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward? That like very memorable meme face that he makes. It, it is the smuggest face you've ever, ever drawn, in my opinion. Hundred percent. I have, but I make that smug face whenever I like prove to a friend that they finally like something. So thank you, SpongeBob, for ruining my friendships. It's because all the peer pressuring you do. Bubble break time. Bubble break. All right. What we got this week? What do we got this week? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. We got something special because it's a rare thing. Um, I don't know if anyone paid attention to the last episode. I hope you did. But at the very end, we were talking about someone who emailed us. And she emailed us again because she's a wonderful human. She said that we could mention her on the air. Um, Her name is Stella. 54 years old and she got into spongebob as like a way um when she was studying to become a massage therapist which very cool i have another friend who's studying to be a a massage therapist right now that uh she put on like spongebob in the background while she was practicing and stuff and then kind of just got into it which i think is really cool that one you just put on spongebob in the background and two that's just like I don't know. You, I, I think it's really interesting when people fall in love with something, um, because it they put it on in the background. Yeah. Like a lot of the shows I get addicted to, like Fatima's watching in the background, and then I'm like, oh well, I'm supposed to be doing work, but I'm gonna like peek over, and take a look, <laughs> and over and over again. Like a lot of times, sometimes I'll be editing the podcast and she'll be watching something. I'm like, this is so dumb, and then I'll be like, watching it over and over <laughs> again, and I'm like, who's doing this? What's happening here? So. I definitely relate to that. I also think it's kind of cool because she was saying in her email to us that the reason that she was headed on background noise as well is because like she found that there were like actual lessons in SpongeBob that were relatable to adults. Someone else finds it that these adult themes are in it too, you know, and it kind of transitions uh, generational gaps. So that was really cool. Yeah, it's like especially like when we first started the podcast, we were talking about uh, like adults make this show. Yeah. They make it for children, but it still has adult influence and adult like themes, whether or not they like it or not, subconsciously or you know consciously. Um, another thing that she mentioned that I thought was really cool is that, and I know that you probably relate to this, Josh, is like she empathizes with Squidward like the most. Yeah. Um, I think as you get older, it's one of those things. It's like there's certain characters in certain TV shows that people are like, oh, they were jerks. But then as you get older, like, no, I understand yeah. where they're coming from. <laughs> and then she puts in there like some shots fired right here. SpongeBob can sometimes be a whopping if well-intended jerk. Which we see. Actually, I think we've seen, we saw a bit of that in season two. And I think we oh, see yeah. a little bit more as time goes on, you know? Yeah, we definitely mention it. And like, I definitely agree. SpongeBob is... A little bit too too much. Yeah. A lot. A lot of times. But one well-intending jerk, well, not even well-intended, I would say one jerk that I was very surprised of coming back to the show is Patrick. Oh, yeah. Especially in season two. Uh, hopefully season three is better as far as that goes, as far as the rewatch. But I really, really was surprised. It like caught me completely because I always thought like, Patrick's just a dumb friend. Yeah. You know? But we found out last season he's very much can be a very mean but dumb friend. It's funny how you miss those like those bits though as a kid, you know, or as you're younger. 
is like I don't remember Sp- Patrick being a jerk, you know, and I don't really remember SpongeBob being like a bad friend sometimes. But it's true as like you as we come back and look at this, there's certain behavior traits that you might find cute and fun as a kid, which as you get older can be a little uh, a little toxic. So it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, and like that mirrors real life. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, there's a lot of friends I had in high school that I thought were cool, and like a lot of them, I'm like, eh. You guys are actually kind of, kind of. It's all about growing up, and that's kind of like yeah. this podcast in general is just like looking at something with both like childhood wonder and nostalgia, but also with like a, a little bit more of a grown up view now. Stella brought up another thing that I wanted to clear up is we definitely have only seen to a certain point. I don't know what season we stopped at when i was younger but we are we are in this till the end we are going past season three and we're going a lot further than that we're gonna go until i think spongebob just got renewed for another season it just did yeah yep so like we're gonna keep going until there's no more spongebob to watch and even then we still got like josh and i still need to talk about the musical we need to talk about the movies there's also a really cool thing on youtube recently where they did um the live action versions of like an episode with the actual actors and everything. So we're, we're in it for the long haul, Stella. We're, we're not going to stop at, at season three. We're, and we're going to get to um, all those other episodes. Some of them, which we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. You said that she said that she really liked squid noir, which I didn't even like, know was know, a thing yet. Season. 11? I didn't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like super, super far in the future. Well, Depending how fast we go through these, yeah, I don't know how far in the future it is, but it's it's there. So I'm just really excited that like one, Stella emailed us, and two that she gave us permission to to you know shout her out on the air, yeah, and and uh, like learning more, you know, yeah. Again, like we appreciate when you guys uh, send us comments or just like questions and stuff because it really gives us content to talk about um, and interact with. And again, like. To know that we're not just yelling into a, a deep void out there. Yeah, sometimes I feel like we're Squidward in um that episode. The future. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, or he's like, alone, 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 <laughs> alone. And it's like, I know there's people who listen it. At least at least three people listen to it. Well, four <laughs> now. We have confirmation from Stella that she listens. So we have Fatima, you, me, and then Stella. And I'm sure other people that I... I got a couple other people I know, but yeah. Um, I don't know if my friend Chelsea still watches, but she emailed us. She, I mean, still listens because she emailed us and a while back. So at least we'll say four and a half. Yeah. Since I haven't heard from <laughs> Chelsea in a while. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening in general. And uh, again, keep those comments coming and uh, continue to share because it's cool when there's people who reach out to us that we haven't really even heard. Or, like we don't even know who they are, which is actually like pretty nice, actually. Yeah, and then also like rate on whatever podcast app you're listening on. If you're listening through the Apple Podcasts or through Stitcher or any other app, it's good to get those ratings because it helps us. Not helps us in the way that like, oh, we get paid from it or anything, but it helps us in the way that like if this podcast wants, if we want this podcast to grow, other people got to know about it. Yeah, rate uh, rate and subscribe. I think the subscriptions is a big part for like iTunes algorithm and stuff. Yeah, we're not scientists, but... But it'll help. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Act two. The bully. Bum-bum-bum. At Mrs. Puff's boarding school, we have a new student, Flats the Flounder, and he only has one thing he wants to do, and that's to kick SpongeBob's butt. 
So the whole episode is him threatening SpongeBob and SpongeBob trying to stop him from kicking his butt. And in the end, SpongeBob just realizes he's actually a sponge and it doesn't hurt to get his butt kicked. Um, so my question to start off for you, Omar, is were you a bully in school? Did oh, 100%. Kick people's butts? I was a super bully in school. Oh. Now, I was like... Bully adjacent, I would say. Uh, <laughs> Bully I was never like, you know, like in the, you know, like how in the movies, like there's a group of bullies, and then there's that one they were like, I thought you were my friend. And they look at you, and then that guy obviously has like inner turmoil, but he's like, but if if I stand up for you, I'll get bullied too. Yeah, kind of situation. Yeah. I'm, I was probably closer to that because at least in middle school, I would say less in high school. Like, I was just with. Again, middle school is a horrible time for children. Hundred percent, a horrible, horrible time for children. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, a lot of my middle school was like kids who watched South Park but didn't understand that South Park was satire. So when they say anything offensive, it's like they're making fun of those people that say offensive things. They're not like condoning, like condoning it. Yeah. So a lot of the times, like it would be like other people talking, sh- and I would just be around letting it happen. So I was complacent, I guess. But uh, I never like actually bullied anyone, like to fight them or anything, or like told anyone to go die. That. Anything mean? I'm not that I remember. Remember? Yeah, you blocked it out pro- now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, everyone's the hero in their own story. Exactly. So. <laughs> what about you? Were you a bully? Uh, I don't think so. No, definitely got bullied a couple times, like in middle school, high school, and stuff. But I don't think I was ever really. The bully, maybe in elementary school, kids are kind of rude in elementary school. I do remember there's this like this one kid who didn't shower, and like in elementary school, you start to like stink a little bit, and like yeah. you don't really realize like oh I'm supposed to wear deodorant, and this kid didn't for a while, and so people make fun of him, be like oh you should go get some soap, and so I think I was part of that like group of course, but like I don't think okay so I 100 percent don't like appreciate bullying, but I do feel like there's a subset of adults that didn't get bullied in that way. Uh-huh. And they smell now. That, I guess that's true. Yeah. Cause like, I know this is a very like, uh, like boomer kind of mentality, but I do think that some bullying is just how like we as humans tell other humans like this, this is acceptable, acceptable behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that elementary school is like a weird time for bullies because I think we'll look back at it and like I don't remember being bullied or bullying kids in elementary school for something that was like oh you look gay or you sound like you're blah 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 right like really offensive stuff that stuff didn't really start until like middle school high school where I think like elementary school like kids are more like you said bullying based on social constructs that are like not showering and like doing really a mean like pushing kids around or stuff like that you know and I think like things difference between like with you and I is we're both not like big dudes. Yeah. So like it's I don't think we would have been very successful as bullies. No. Cause like I don't know, like I don't know how much you want to open up about you being bullied, but like I don't think I could push any kid into like a locker. Like maybe mentally scar them for the rest of their lives. I might have done that kind of stuff. Like said some had stuff. Had I been like stuff. Ha- yeah. 
Yeah, had I been like a bully, but like yeah, and like when I was bullied, I wasn't like it was anything ever physical. It was always like things people say, but like even to this day, like I think sometimes that's worse, you know, like yeah. things that people say. I'm like, oh, like doing the podcast. Like I remember being bullied in like high school about my voice being like weird or something. Yeah, um, and so it was like doing the podcast. Like that stuck with me all the way until like what when we started this year and a half ago. Until I started listening to this, I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's not that weird. Maybe you was just all in your head. So it's kind of crazy how that stuff, like, stick with you, sticks with you, like, years and years later. And was, I don't know, maybe I was a sociopath as a child. <laughs> but, but, like, for me, like, I tell, like, I remember being younger and knowing that, like, okay, this person, like, might be able to fight me or whatever. But if I find something wrong about them and I know that they feel uncomfortable about that. I can say something like that and then that will ruin them more than whatever. But like, I understood that better as, as in high school when yeah. I was trying to like, it's a weird thing. Like, I think it was I like, that sounds like a defense mechanism to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's also like, you can go on the offensive with that. But like, yeah. I, I realized that more, like I had an understanding of it as a, like a middle schooler, but like, I think in high school I was very much like, Oh, I could do this, but I'm choosing not to. Because most of the time, like, I would have those thoughts, like, oh, after I hear someone's, like, if I was giving someone advice. Because mm-hmm. they would tell, they would open up to me and tell me something, like, you know, they were uncomfortable with. And I was like, wow, like, there's people who are making fun of this person because of that or could make fun of this person because of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But what about the flip side? Like, have you ever, like, wanted to kick someone's butt? Like, not just emotional bullying, but, like, have you ever wanted to kick someone's butt? I don't think it's school. Like, Maybe a couple of times. There's probably a couple of kids in school that you want, to, you want to square up. Yeah, and like I've definitely like fought with my brother and sister before and stuff like that. But I think that's like sibling fighting and stuff. It's a completely is different, different yeah. like subsect. Yeah. You know? So, but in school it wasn't ever really like that. So my question is, why do you think Flats wanted to kick his butt? I don't know. I think Flats. I would be interested to know more about Flats background with his story like his family and stuff because his dad's afraid of him you know so like where's his mom maybe has like some weird mom issues that played into it because i feel like that's a lot of times with bullies the reason that they come to school with all this like pent-up rage and anger and stuff is because of family issues or home issues you know i know sometimes i want to like go back like and uh try to figure out like what was with like some like some of the like my friends would say to other people and i was like complicit in i was like oh my god like why would you say this to people? yeah and i i didn't see i didn't think that their home life was that crazy because that's like another thing too is like i think it's the narrative that we're like told a lot in in movies is that like the bullies always have like some like repressed anger yeah but like i'm also like i put it as a small lesson i was like some people are just angry yeah it could you know? be class is just an angry person or yeah, they're just sociopaths. I mean, that's they're just abusive. Yeah. I think there's like that socio, like sociopaths and sociopathic behavior, I think is a lot more common than people give it credit for. I think I heard yeah. recently Shane Dawson did a whole documentary kind of thing on it um, mm-hmm. when he's covering uh, Jake Paul. But I think he said it's like some big statistic like i think it's almost like one in four people show signs of being sociopaths right so it's good Mm -hmm. chance that you're going to school like as a kid with one of these people and like they don't know any better they don't understand what it means to like 
not hurt someone's feelings. They're just going to say stuff. It's crazy yeah, and, and it's scary. And like we mentioned with size, same with like Flats in the episode. He's so big. Yeah. Like, what are you like, going to do against that? Yeah. Like, unless you're, and most kids are not in middle school, a skilled fighter. Yeah. Where you can like <laughs> take down someone that big. And it's also, um, one thing I wanted to bring up is like a very adult thing that happens in this is just like the fact that SpongeBob reaches out and he tries to reach out in an anonymous way. He's like, like Mrs. Puff, I don't want to do this. And then like, she's like, Oh, you have to tell me. Cause like I'm a trusted adult. And then he tells her and then she just she uses his name. Yeah. She uses his name and talks to flats <sighs> and stuff like that, which like, What's another lesson I had where it's just like make sure the people you ask for help understand what kind of help you need because I know like definitely in those situations like it's such a weird place to be in when you're older yeah to see like a younger person do something bad like that. well and I think that that whole Mrs. Puff thing touches on this subject that we have in schools nowadays um, and it's been that way for a while there's a lot of teachers and school just school authorities who turn a blind eye to bullying a lot of times mm -hmm. or don't know how to handle it because they're not trained to or they don't know how to or they're just like, oh, these kids will learn a lesson, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. There's a lot of documentaries and stuff that I've like read and seen that like touch on that. And some kids like, you know, they end up killing themselves because the authorities at the school like didn't do anything for it, you know? Yeah. And another thing, like, especially at my school, like, there is no accountability. Like I remember it was like, if you were in a fight, even if you were defending yourself, you were also going to be suspended. Like, and I remember like, um, this is actually one time I wanted to kick someone's butt. So again, I was very much bully adjacent. So there was a kid that was very short in our class and not like a little person, but like just short. They hadn't right? hit that gross, gross spurt yet. Yeah. I hadn't hit their, like they're a tiny kid. Yeah. And so I, I think my friend in front of me called him like like shorty or maybe might have called him like you know something derogatory to be like about being small mm -hmm. i think he thought i said it and then he hit me wow and so like <laughs> i was gonna beat him up at school because you know i just got punched and uh, like i would say like sucker punched in the face like i don't think it was like a straight on punch it was more like a like a half slap half fist like you know situation yeah. and I, in that moment i was like i want to beat him up so I like was grabbing at him, but then I remembered because I couldn't really get a good hold on him. I was like, he rides my bus. So I was going to beat him up on the way wow. home like, as soon as we got off on the <laughs> bus because he hit me for no reason. And he was like, he didn't say sorry. He was like really smug about it. And like maybe, again, that's the only thing I could pinpoint it to because I didn't say anything at that time. I had said nothing at that time. So when he swung at me, I was like real pissed off. Yeah. But then he ended up calling his brother and his brother had a skateboard and I was not going to be a fight fighting <laughs> two to one. And the other guy has a skateboard, especially I think his brother was in high school too. No, those are bad so, odds. And then another bad odd is, uh, I was friends with this kid. His name is Tom. I said his name because he's so generic. Uh, <laughs> he, he told me he's like, Oh yeah, both of them do Taekwondo and like they're met. They're like medalists in Taekwondo. Oh, damn. And I didn't give a crap about the smaller kid being a medalist. Cause I just wanted to beat him up. But like, Stuff like that. It's like, and then the next day at school, they were like, oh, other people saw this altercation and they said this. And like, they did like report it, but the kid was at school like the next day. Mm. Like, I don't think he was even like suspended or anything for it. So it's like one of those things, like 
when a lot of those times when you do step up, nothing happens or not the outcome that feels justified. justified. Yeah. And then like a whole other thing is like on a whole other level that I think, and I know we're talking less about the episode, but more about like what the episode is teaching us. But like this also, there's like an element of gaslighting and like, there's a lot of weird spots where like, especially with the whole Patrick thing, like it's really funny. He's just like, Oh, I'm with flats. And he's ordering like this pizza with extra olives. Cause flats like olives, but like that they're buddies from community college. But a lot of times like in these, like an abusive situation, like, people are friends with the people who are like mean to you yeah. or like e- even in like a, I would say, you know, like this probably like a little triggering for some people, but like in a sexual abuse kind of way, yeah. like a lot of times, you know, with women, that's what happens a lot, you know, that like, Oh, these are like my friends. Oh, we went to community college. We caught up. We're like, we're chill, you know? And it's so crazy that like this second act is just like filled with those lessons. And it's like, you just laugh it off because you know every now and then they're like beating up an old guy because they think he's yeah. someone's butt. You know, I like I don't know. Like I wasn't expecting the second half to be so heavy. No, but it was. Well, and I don't definitely don't remember it being this heavy as a kid. Like I remember watching. I know I remember this episode very well. But like now as I'm older, I'm like, wow, you know, all this bullying stuff is like. When you look back on it, it's, it's crazy. It's intense. Yeah. I'm afraid to send my kids to school when I have kids. You know that kind of thing. So, well, if you homeschool them. I'm not gonna. They do might it. not have. They might not have the social skills. Well, at least I'll bully them myself. I'll know what they'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. So let's lighten this up a little because it got real, real heavy. And I have a question for you: yeah. Is what do you think the best pencil configuration SpongeBob can do? A pen. I hate pencils. So <laughs> a pen so permanent though. I know. I guess I don't know what switched in school for me, but. At some point, our teachers required us to start using pens instead of pencils, and I've not been able to go back. Like, even if I make mistakes, I think it teaches you to think better and not and make less mistakes. It's kind of what it is. Okay, so if you were forced to use pencils Mm -hmm. and you had the essay, quiz, and homework pencil, Uh what would be the optimal configuration? I like his last one with the pencil pointing at the notebook in case he had to write like a surprise essay or something. I like that. I think that's what I would go with. I'm still confused on why homework pencil even exists in, in this school. Setting. He should he should keep that at home. Yeah, well, for homework, we we know that for from past episodes that SpongeBob doesn't do homework. He just procrastinates. So, although never mind, I retract that statement because if you start doing homework during class and then you don't have to do it later, it's actually very smart. That's, that's a smart thing. That's, that's something SpongeBob. That's would the do. smart kid way to do homework. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing i have a question about is do you think flats has pubes yes 100 that chest, chest hair. hair i understand that these are not children even though like this whole like episode has like very much like school kid vibes yeah but when he rips off his curly chest hair to have that tattoo underneath where it says i mean it, yeah i was like he probably has pubes yeah this fish this fish has body <laughs> hair for one and two this fish probably has pubes you know it's fine if he wants, he wants pubes. You know, let that bush grow. No, I I don't <laughs> think it's fine in the sense that he's a fish. Uh, fish do not need hair. It's very uncomfortable. Maybe he's me. like a weird evolutionary mishap. Maybe that's why he's angry. It's no one else the, has hair like him. It's the radiation. Oh, <laughs> it's the radiation gave him it's, hair and made him very angry. It's happening <laughs> or connecting it all. Evolution. Evolution. 
uh, we get a name of another uh, fast food place, I think, in this episode. Like, we only, I've only ever seen Krusty Krab and Chum Bucket. I think I've missed it in the past, but when Patrick calls to order a pizza, we have yeah, pizza, pizza Castle, Castle, which is a, we never, I don't think we ever hear about it again, at least not yeah. to my knowledge. We got to try to remember that because when we get to those later episodes, they, I, if I was the creator, I would bring that back. Yeah, 100%, right? You know? I was a writer. I'd be looking at old episodes. Like, what can I like bring up from the past that I can put in here? I just, I just looked it up on the wiki, and I don't think it comes back again. Oh man, no, there that would go. be good. Next deal. season, I do like. I get, I get permission if I get a writing credit in the in the episode <laughs> for any Nickelodeon uh, writers wants to use Pizza Castle, the Pizza Castle idea. Just bring it back. We know that you're listening to our podcast to get ideas. So yeah. I, I also want Mario in there, yeah, and I Mario. would re- I would love Mario to also be, I mean, to be an octopus. Really? Yeah, because then you could see all like him doing yeah, all the pizzas. pizzas and answering the phone. I think that would be. I cool. was hoping to have like a little bit of like uh, Nintendo Mario vibes to it. He'd be wearing like a red overalls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have Luigi be the delivery man for the pizzas. That'd be pretty. Yeah, cool. that's good. <laughs> there you go, Nickelodeon. You can buy it from us for $150, even though it should be more expensive than that. And technically, you own the rights already to these characters. <laughs> but if I see a octopus named Mario on SpongeBob... I'm suing. I'm suing. Uh, what do you think of uh, SpongeBob's uh, escape plan, like his grand plan to run away? Where he's like, I'm going to change my name to Bob Pence Sponge Square? Yeah, and shave his mustache and grow it back. <laughs> or no, grow a mustache and then shave it off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe the mustache is to get people to like, you know, it's a, a temporary confusion and then he shaves it off and then by then people are like, oh, we're looking for the guy with the mustache. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I thought it was just a weird gag, but I like that idea better. The bigger thing that I want to bring up, Josh, mm-hmm. and we also have to mention, well, let's do the first, I'll I'll mention this first. So, uh, Spongebob when he's like oh I have so much that I want to do but he, he doesn't think about the Krusty Krab he thinks about him being like basically a in secretary. an office yeah. yeah I wouldn't even say a secretary like it looked like he was just like in a o- giant office and he's like hang on I'll transfer your call and do you think it's just he wants to transfer a call and say that statement or do you think he wants he's asked as he's like he's trying to get like a Nine to five. That's like I that. You know, think like an office. If job. I was to think about SpongeBob and what he hasn't accomplished, and I know that he touches it on a bit, a little bit. He does in the movie. He does in like the grandma episode. Is for SpongeBob. I think he doesn't feel like he's an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he thinks that this nine to five is him being an adult. So I think in a in a weird, funny gag way, but in a more like weird, much more like meta way, this mm-hmm. whole secretary desk job thing for him is just like growing old or becoming an adult later on that makes sense yeah which i maybe be looking into it way too deep <laughs> but no i mean that's our jobs josh yeah. that's why they pay us the big bucks those big air dollars that those air, <laughs> those imaginary those dollars. imaginary dollars okay so this i i told you and i didn't want to end this act without mentioning it is i think in our conspiracy web that we've been creating that's currently up in my apartment right now you know takes up the whole wall you know the one right Josh? yeah i've seen it i see it right now yeah 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 you can see you can see it in the background yeah. 
it's huge. Like, don't ask for pictures because I don't want you guys. To so get you, you'll my, think that he kids. is certifiable if you see this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> I think that this episode is the. You remember how we said we have a theory that SpongeBob is godlike, but he's a reincarnated god. Yeah. I think this is where one of the SpongeBob's discovers he has godlike powers. Oh. Because he takes on, he basically kills Flats through pure like endurance. He gets beat up yeah. The entire the entire time, and he realizes that I am like inevitable. Oh, to use wow. the Thanos' situation. <laughs> He's like, I will not die. I am SpongeBob. I have the strength inside me. Yeah, I guess I, so. I can't be killed. Yeah, I mean, he also shapeshifts in the episode to a normal sponge, which is something mm-hmm. I haven't seen him really do. Or I guess we have with like the Suds episode, but that was this was by choice. Yeah. Okay. I see this. I think this is the this is pin number one, you know, where it's like this is where like if we're plotting it out, I'm gonna put it up on the board uh, after we get off, and I'm gonna plug it in, and I'm gonna be like, this is where it starts. This is gonna be a different color pin. It's not gonna be the red pin anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the one with the big circles around it. Exactly. And other stuff like that. Um, one more small thing is when he turned into the regular sponge. Why is it that we, as a society, if we see someone who hasn't flushed the toilet, we don't flush the toilet. We just go to the next stall. I think it's laziness. I think it's laziness. I know I, I've, I've been trying to be better about that as a person. Like if I walk into a stall, I'm like, so someone left it here. Great. Like I'm just going to flush the toilet. I might still go to another stall, but I'll at least flush that toilet. I, and then you won't flush yours. Ex- to get exactly. It's just going to pay it forward situation. All right. After tons and tons of waiting, it's time for the big old lesson, Josh. Big lesson. And uh, last week I went first, so and then you copied me, right? But uh, as I do, this this <laughs> week I would like you to go first to prevent uh, prevent you from copying me again. Damn it! You're back on copying watch. It's... Before I was like, oh, Josh is doing so good, but now you're back to to taking pictures of my conspiracy board and doing all that crazy stuff, and then writing down the same thing I'm writing you down. Just, I don't like it. You just inspire me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so this week. I got, um, it was actually, I had a little bit of a tough time. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried, I think there's a lot about like standing up for yourself and stuff like that in this episode. But then when I try to relate it to the second part, it's hard because there wasn't really a good resolution to how the bullying stopped. So I was trying to like figure out how to make big lesson work. I think I came up with a a decent one. And I said that um, you can't let fear run your life. And I saw that with act one. Um, because Squidward wasn't afraid to try to crab a petty, but what he was afraid of is, I think, the ridicule about admitting that he liked it. And yeah, being mainstream. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is a big fear a lot of people have. I think a lot of people don't like to say that they like certain kinds of music or certain books that may be mainstream to some people because they don't want to think that's like not cool or whatever, you know. Um, and for Squidward, it literally ended up with him exploding, you know, it was the worst mm-hmm. of all circumstances. And then in the second part, um, I mean, SpongeBob let the fear run his life the entire time. He was running around, uh, trying to convince people that he was going to get his butt kicked. And I don't, 
think that's a good way to live up live your life and then like like i said the resolution wasn't great but if you are getting bullied like sticking up for yourself or letting someone know or finding the proper channels to deal with it is better than living in fear and like going to school or work every day you know yeah or even being in like like even the more diy approach like if you have to you know lay the smack down like uh, exhaust your your peaceful options first yeah but like try try at least and then if it comes to you have to get in a fight then sometimes you gotta get in a fight i think that that's just kind of human nature you know that happens in regular nature too animals fight over territory all the time right so like yeah it's gonna happen yeah ideally you want to avoid that at all costs you be especially if you're the one smarter. being bullied yeah but, yeah but you know if you need to do some digging and blackmail them straight into the ground do it emotionally you emotionally to... break them down you know yeah. Use your words. Do, do the do the Omar and Josh way yeah. of just finding something that makes them a very, very uncomfortable and just talking about it and, in front of everyone. So that way years from now they'll just be thinking that there's something wrong with them. And yeah. you did your job. You won. <laughs> you you won in the game of life. <laughs> How about you? No, but I, I am glad you no, before we go okay. on, but I am glad that you brought up that um the fear of the mainstream yeah. because that's something I like it's funny how this episode just relates so much back to high school, but I remember in high school, like, or in middle school, there was a lot of times where I was like, Oh, I, I didn't want anyone to know. I listened out, listen to fallout boy or panic at the disco and stuff like that. But I think it's another crazy thing is that there's also a whole like subset of people who are like, Oh, I'm going to reject the mainstream. And in, in rejecting the mainstream to not be part of like a group, they become part of another group, another mainstream. That's exact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you literally, like, become the like the opposite, but you're still like in a, a mainstream group of a yeah. different type. You know, it's just so annoying. And I think it like as you get older, like I've realized that some of that stuff doesn't really matter. Like I can like whatever oh, yeah. I want, and if someone else doesn't like it and they think it's stupid, like, great. I think it's cool, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah not everyone's gonna like what you like. Exactly. You know? All right, so for my big lesson, um, I also had a, a harder time. I wrote down in my notes, but like my laptop died at this exact moment <laughs> where I was going to write down. I put, there's an obvious lesson, but I never wrote it down. So now it's not that obvious to me anymore. But the big lesson I finally settled on is don't go too hard or you'll hurt yourself. Ooh, okay. Because obviously with Squidward, he wait, ate way too much. And I, I sometimes have that problem. I think uh, we didn't mention it in the first act, but like the whole like, there's a weird like double edged sword. Like, don't waste your food because there's people starving somewhere. And then there's the other half is like, we are as a society are conditioned to eat, eat, and eat, so we're not healthy anymore. You know, and I usually have a hard time where I'm like, oh, I don't want to waste food because it's bad for me. Like, it's bad. Yeah. You're, like there's nobody nobody's cremating that crampy uh that like leftover McDonald's I'm eating. No. You know? It's just food waste. Um, yeah, it's just food waste, exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then you see it with Flass in Act uh in Act Two where he, you know, he goes way too hard uh, trying to hurt someone else and he ends up hurting himself, which like again, it's karmic, like he's doing well that way. Um he's himself twice. The truck flips and he like passes out trying to beat up SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, I think a lot of it, um, and maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of Naked and Afraid, too, is there's a lot of times where you, you push yourself too hard and it ends up backfiring in the long run. And I see a lot with, like, 
younger people when they're like doing sports, they push and push and push and they don't think about like, hey, like how's that gonna affect my body later? Um and stuff like that. Or like and I see it with older people too, that they just, you know, want to hang out and they want to do this and they want to do that and they're not accepting that the lifestyle they've chosen is a little bit too extreme for them. Yeah. You got to take care of your body. You take care of yourself in general, you know, yeah. and going too hard. It's easy to relate it to like physical things, but like mental things too. If you're like overworking yourself, like you're going to get burnt out or you're going to like go crazy, you know? So it's like, you got to make sure that you're making, taking care of like every facet of your health and making sure that you're doing stuff to a point that you're going to be comfortable or healthy with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's also another time, like not even just like your body, like sometimes your mental state too. Like I know a lot of people who, you know, they wake up six in the morning and then they go to bed early, but they're, they pack their day with so much stuff. It's like, you gotta, gotta have a break. Yep, exactly. And it's good. This, these were two very packed episodes. So I, I was yeah. glad that we were able to get like little nuggets out of it as much yeah, as we did. I would I would definitely recommend for people to rewatch this one multiple times because there is so much so much in this episode. Yeah. I agree. That like Josh and I, like between stuff, we were like, man, there's just so much. There's so much more that we wanted to talk about, but for your for your all listening pleasure, we we cut it down yeah. as much as we could. <laughs> but uh again, if you've stuck with this this entire time, I want to thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us anything, any suggestions, comments. Some nice emails like Stella did um, that you heard about in this episode. You can go to ismaniasapodcast.com and use our little contact form. Or you can go and email us at ismaniasapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And, of course, share with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. It's a good way not to get beat up. Listen to uh, the podcast with your enemies. I like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Or you could torture them with it. Exactly. <laughs> Listen to these people ramble for hours. <laughs> so, before we leave, obviously our episode was a lot deeper this time around. Really deep. Very, very deep. Yeah. And uh, Josh has some very, very um, poignant words, I would say. He sent it to me, and I was like, wow, this is really good stuff. Like, they should put, they should write it down and put it in a museum or something like that. So it was really well written, Josh, so good job Thank you. on that. Thank you. And he just wanted everyone else to to know it so yeah when take it away josh whenever you're ready you know what i think flats was the real victim here a victim society that's riding down a violent road to nowhere a road that i like to call violence road <laughs>